Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. And today I have with us On the Rocks Gourmet Jams from Atlanta, Georgia. And Kathy Cowan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing very well. It's a it's a great day here in, in sunny Colorado, and um, and we're having a blast. How's it doing down there in Georgia? Oh, it's sunny today. It's um, I know they had those windstorms going on, so it's a little cooler, but it's still the high sixties, low seventies. So I'd say it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, Kathy, tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up becoming a food entrepreneur and and having your own line of jams. Okay, so I am a mother of two. Uh, At the time when I first started the business back in 2016, they were, I guess, maybe uh, three and one years old. So I wanted to go to brunch. We had lived in New York where brunch, you know, was a big thing. So we moved down to Atlanta and we had been here for um, a few years. And so after I... um, uh, it was like a Saturday, and my girlfriend had called. She was like, hey, you want to go to brunch? I'm like, sure, you know, a chance to get dressed up, reminisce on those days of going to New York, wearing your heels, meeting with your girlfriends over cocktails and some pancakes. Sounded delicious. So I got dressed. I started putting on my earrings, and I was curling my hair, and then it became money. Look at what I made. Then, of course, it's a competition because they're close in age. So it was like, no. Okay, so they weren't three and one. So you get the point. Maybe like five and three because they were at the point where the other person always had to outdo the other. Yeah, so I was like, no, mommy, course. look at me. And then after the look at me stage and what are you doing and telling the little corny jokes and me having to applaud, by the time I would have driven down to Atlanta, brunch would have been over. So I missed my chance to go out and talk to normal human beings without the baby talk. So I still wanted a drink by that time. No, actually, I needed a drink by that time, and I still wanted brunch. So my aunt, who I was living with at the time, made a delicious watermelon jam. And I was in her kitchen. I was like, I'm still hungry. Um, And so I'm like, now I'm hangry, right? So I'm getting angry because I've I've missed my cocktail, too. So I asked, I was like, you know what? I wonder what what it would taste like if I mixed alcohol and some fruit and, like, made a jam. She was like, oh, please, you know, who's heard of that? I was like, I don't know. So I went on my good old favorite site, Pinterest, and I didn't find anything. So I Googled it. I'm like, wow, they don't have that out here? Like, I can't believe no one has made, like, a strawberry daiquiri jam. So I followed some ingredients to make a regular strawberry jam, except I used the ingredients that it would take to make a daiquiri to put it in a jam. So the first time it was a little runny, and the second time I was like, you know, I think this is pretty good, like, I think this is great. So I said, but I don't know what to do with it. But I knew that it was a good idea because I didn't see it on Pinterest and I didn't find it when I Googled it. So I'm like, maybe I created something. So I had a very close girlfriend who had a, a really popular Etsy shop. So I called her. We went to Stone Mountain. I said, hey, I want to run an idea by you. I have a jam that has alcohol in it um, and I want to know what you think. So, and I don't know what to do with it, how to market it. So she told me, you know, find like a local event that's pretty cheap so you don't have a high overhead cost and get people's opinions on it. I was like, yeah, okay. I said, but first I'll send it out to all my friends and family because they're all very opinionated. And so different ages, different demographics, and I wanted their their opinion on the presentation, on the taste, on the color, on the name. And from that, that's really how it started. I did my first event. It cost $50. And from there, a lot of people love the jam. You know, I had to go back in the lab because a couple of them were still a little runny. So after I perfected the recipe, then I just started shopping it around different festivals around the Atlanta area. And that's really how it got started. That's amazing. I I love it. And I just, and just so the audience knows, how can they find your jams and, and where are you located on social media and what's your website and things like that? Oh, Sure. Well, they can definitely find us on Amazon. It's On The Rocks Gourmet Jam. You can go to our website, which is ontherocksjam.com. And on Facebook and Instagram, uh, at Instagram, we're at On The Rocks Jams. And Facebook is On The Rocks Jams. They can find us there. And it's amazing. And you mentioned the watermelon jam. And as I looked at your website, I the watermelon I see is the watermelon lemonade margarita jam. But the other one that yeah. you mentioned, is that is 
the watermelon lemonade margarita jam sort of the one that came out of that original creation of how you started the company? Yes, because she had made the great watermelon jam. So I figure, you know, let's make a margarita out of it. But uh, in the summertime, I really like lemonade. I think it's pretty popular in the summertime. So I've mixed it too because sometimes lemonade can be a little tangy and then you mix this of watermelon. I thought it'd be a good summertime flavor. And who doesn't love a margarita? Uh, no, I agree with that 100%. And so tell us um, all the different types of jams that you guys have. Well, we have, I think currently we have 11 different flavors. We have strawberry daiquiri, watermelon lemonade margarita. We have Aloha screwdriver. We have night in Paris. We have, um, a, I think I said stra- oh, strawberry daiquiri. We have raspberry mimosa a peach mango moscato, we have Patron Paradise, and we have a peach bellini. And we actually introduced, oh, we have a hot pepper jam that we sell. It doesn't have alcohol in it, but it's been a favorite, and we always sell out at the farmer's markets around here. We included a few that we're going to bring to market this summer that are non-alcoholic, uh, for some people who want fresh fruit, but they don't want the alcohol. So one is called she sells seashells. I don't know if everyone remembers that like rhyme where you say it really fast. Yep. She sells. Yeah. So, she sells seashores at so seashells at the seashore. Actually, it's kind of funny that happened because I just did another podcast today. We were doing tongue twisters and here's another one. She sells oh, really? yeah. seashells at the seashore. Seashell. Right. So basically that one came up because I, and I like cute names. So I think when you have something cute, you, well, when I like to go to a bar, I usually try the drink that has the cutest name. I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, that's cute. So I thought that was cute because we use fruits that were popular around like the tropical areas. I'm like, oh, seashore, you know, so I, I thought that name was really cute. We have another one is a play on of one of my favorite artists, Stevie Wonder. He has a song called My Sherry Amore. So um, I made one called My Cherry Amour. So it's like cherries and pineapples and mangoes, and it's delicious. And then we have another one called Making Me Blush, and that one is just strawberries and pineapples that's pretty good. So we're trying to introduce basically the premise around our company is we like to bring that nostalgic back for those who were like, oh, you know, I remember my grandmother made jams or my mom made jams. So add a little twist to make it more up-to-date to where you'd want to have it at a brunch with your friends. It's a good conversational piece to talk about. It's delicious, and it gives you a little kick, and there's no preservatives, so it's all natural. We use non-GMO sugar, so and we try to um, we actually lessen the amount of sugar because, you know, uh, there's so much processed food nowadays, and so we also are aware about the diabetes and, you know, these diets that are going around and with all the food that people eat, how much sugar we consume. So we've lessened the sugar in our jams, but they still are delicious because we want people to get used to trying something different outside of your regular strawberry, peach, or orange, or apricot jams. Mix them up to let people know, you know, there's fun things you can do, and we don't just use them as a jam. I use them on our grilled meats, like for our burgers during the summertime. Oh, we have another one called Big Apple, which is fireball whiskey and apples. Oh, wow. And it has like a cinnamon kind of flavor, and it's so good on your burger, on your grilled burger. And so is the Aloha screwdriver. Aloha screwdriver has pineapples, mangoes, and strawberries, and it has absolute vodka in it. And it's really good. It just adds that, that sweetness to your burger, so you don't need mayo or mustard or anything like that. You still put all your regular toppings on. And you can actually have a party and just try a bunch of jams. We also... Um, I've used the peach mango moscato on my grilled chicken um, this summer. Well, not this summer, but last summer, actually. Uh, I got tired of eating grilled chicken all the time the same way. So I don't like to – I like to cook, but now sometimes when it becomes a chore that I have to cook because I have a family, I get bored. So I'm like, you know what, let me try something to boost it up a little. So I heated up a little bit of the jam just for about five to ten seconds in the microwave, and I just glaze it over the chicken as I'm grilling it, and then it kind of seeps into it and mixes with the juices, and it's really good. So it gives it a, a sweetness that takes the blandness out of, you know, if you chicken a lot. Um, 
You can also do that on your pork chops. That's really, really tasty. So just trying to find ways for people to infuse it. I know that me, I have a ton of marinades and spices, and I love to use them all, but it'd be great if I could pay one price and get a marinade and a jam and a syrup and whatever else I could get out of it, get the most bang for my buck. So that is why we, we used it. And so I will say that was one of the perks of the jam when we first started with them being runny because I didn't want to waste the product. So I'm like, well, now I have some of this product that's kind of runny. What can I do with it? So just started pouring it on stuff and that's when I started tasting it. And then from other people, a uh, few of our customers, you know, would pour it on their cheesecake or on their pound cake or over their ice cream. So, you know, you can use it a myriad of ways. It just depends on what you like. Well, and I love the, the multi-applications for it because I think people don't realize that jam just doesn't belong on toast. You can use it to, to spread on things, to marinate things, to uh, add on your burger and your meats. And it gives such a... Di- great flavor profile and things like that, that it adds so much excitement in my opinion. So let me just ask this question because I love your names. I'd like the night in Paris. It's actually spelled P E A R I S. Like, so it's a play on, obviously there's pears in there, but in Paris, but right. And, and so I love what you're doing there. And obviously my Sharia more who can go wrong with Stevie wonder. I'm a huge fan of Motown myself, Barry Gordon, was an amazing human being and created a lot of artists um, and gave them careers. Actually, they created themselves, I guess, or their parents created them. He just brought them to fame and fortune and and just did some amazing things. But so I love what you're doing. So how, I mean, what inspires you to do it? I mean, you come up with all these great ideas and all these great names and, and different fruits and stuff to put into it. I mean, take me to your lab where, where, you know, when you're in your lab, how do you go about coming with ideas and new products? Uh, well, I actually go, this is the fun part, I get to go to different restaurants. And I'll, um, or like I said, my go-to is Pinterest. Um, if I'm home or I want to try a new dish, I go on Pinterest and they have like the cutest recipes up there. So if I see a cocktail, I'll try to make the cocktail first. Or if I'm out with friends at a happy hour and I see a cocktail that I like, then I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, how that would taste as a jam. So um, I also get inspired by one thing we wanted to do was, you know, introduce people to fruits that you don't typically buy every day. So there's a market out here on Buford Highway, um, and it's a farmer's market, and they have fruits from all over the world. Some of the fruits I can't even pronounce. So I think we do ourselves, well, I can't say everyone. Some people have tasted it, but from what I see in the markets, we do our dis- ourselves a disservice when we don't taste different cultures and kind of experience different types of fruits. Like you don't know what you're missing if you've never had it before. So it's just to kind of get people to, to think outside the box with your foods, try something different. So I go to the markets, um, and we're going to do more this year as well, just to taste different fruits. Like, okay, uh, would this work as a jam? You know, there's some fruits that I'm not quite sure, or I just haven't found what would go well with it. For instance, I like honeydew. But would I want honeydew as a jam? I'm not so sure about that. But maybe if you found the right fruit that you could blend with it, then, of course, you could do something like that. Um, you know, then you look for seasonal types of things. Like, for instance, in the fall, we do one called Peter Piper's Pumpkin. Um and that's for pumpkin lovers. I'm not a pumpkin lover, but my husband is. So actually, he came up with that one. And also, he came up with one we have. It's kind of our stronger one. It's called Taste of Jazz Sangria. He made a sangria a few years back for our family reunion. And everyone loved his sangria so much that when we have, like, a, a cookout or something at our home, people will always call and say, hey, is Jazz making the sangria? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I called you for a cookout not to come and have sangria, but fine. I will tell him to have the sangria. So he mixed that one with sangria wine and some uh, rum, some 80 proof rum. And he also put raspberries, strawberries. uh, I don't want to mess up. And he put some granny, some apples in there. So it's really flavorful. So I really like look at different fruits that I like. And like I said, I, I like cute names. So if I see a particular fruit, um, like there was one, I can't remember the name because it didn't make the list. 
but I wanted to call it the Three Amigos. But I think, you know, there may be some trademark with that term because I remember the movie. But there were three fruits. I can't remember them. But they were all, like, in the same kind of family. So that's why I thought of something like that. But that's how I really come about is just trying different fruits and then you get a sense of, like, pairing different fruits together. What's one that is not very popular that, you know, you haven't really seen or heard of or had? in the jam before, what would it taste like? And then when we go to farmer's markets, people get a chance to taste it because some people are like, oh, that sounds cute, or they don't believe there's real alcohol in it until they taste it and they really get a chance to experience, you know, something different. I think it's amazing um, that just the creativity behind all of it and, and just coming up with the names and the different types of flavors and different types of jams, I think is just so incredible. So I love what you're doing. What's your favorite one? Thank you. Uh, my favorite would have to be the raspberry mimosa. I am typically not a fan of raspberries, surprisingly. But it has enough sweetness and a little bit of tart that makes it just perfect. Um, I eat that one for breakfast. I put that one on my waffles, like Belgian waffles. Um, with some syrup and then I heat up a little bit and sprinkle it on top and it makes your plate look really pretty and then you put a little um, whipped cream on top and oh man, you're in heaven. So clearly that is not the day that I am on a diet but when I, that's my cheat day really and that one I actually love and I actually like it because I'm not great at it but I try to be a bartender and so I take it and I, I have like a one of those, like if you were to pour Hershey's chocolate syrup, I take a margarita glass and I like drizzle it across so that I can have the pretty red because it's a really vibrant red and it drips down the side and I pour like a margarita, well not a margarita mix, it's a different type of drink that I make, I have no idea what it's called but um, I found it on Pinterest. So I mix it in there and it, it looks pretty and it's delicious because it's got the raspberry fruit uh, mixed a little bit with the alcohol and chilled and it's just really good. So that's my personal favorite. And it tends to be the, a personal favorite for most people once they taste it. If not, I would say peach mango moscato is definitely our second runner up that people really love. And so, um, so that was your favorite. I mean, so are those, um, you said the peach, um, Moscato is one of the top sellers. Mm -hmm. So what are your other top sellers? Yeah. What do people tend to be attracted to? And what do you see that people like the most? Well, I think Taste of Sangria, Taste of Jazz Sangria is great for people who like to drink. It's, it's because it's our strongest one. You can, the, uh, the alcohol is really pungent. So you can taste that one the most. It's not my personal favorite. It is good, but it's not my favorite, but people who really like a kick would like that one. Um, I think raspberry mimosa, like I said, is really popular. Strawberry margarita, because it's a classic, um, and you can really smell the margarita once you um, put it on your biscuit. Like sometimes we, when we go out, we have a croissant, and we spread a little on the croissant, and people are like, wow, I can really taste it. Um, the daiquiri is good, but to me, the daiquiri is kind of for your saucer size. So we have a range. If you're not really a drinker, but you, you want to just try it out, the peach bellini is good because it's a little softer, as well as the night in Paris and the peach, uh, not peach, um, the peach mango moscato is really sweet. So if you want something sweet, that would be the one too. And because they have wine, they're not as strong. But if you wanted something with more kick, I would definitely say the watermelon lemonade margarita and the strawberry margarita and certainly the taste of jazz sangria. And if you want something a little different, I would do the Big Apple because it has that, it really tastes like a, a cinnamony kind of um, jam, and it's really good, especially during the winter time. But people tend to like that one, but I've seen more people buy that in the winter as opposed to the summer. Summer, the peach, um, raspberry always sells out, and the watermelon goes pretty fast, but only in the summertime. Yeah, I think the the Big Apple Jam, I love the creativity behind it and using the cinnamon um, alcohol with the apple to give it sort of that apple pie uh, flavor almost. At least right. that's what I imagine. And uh, so I got to imagine right. that one's pretty amazing. Yes. And we have used it in an apple pie um, oh. because... But some of it cooks out because it's a pie, whereas yeah. with the jam, it doesn't cook out. 
but it just adds a little bit of kick. Um, I know we have done, we've put, we've infused the jams in our cupcakes. So just like, I think it's Hostess who has like the chocolate cupcakes and you have the white filling. It's the yeah. same thing, but we put our jams and fill the insides with the different jams so that people get a different taste. And um, it's just a different way to use it. So pretty soon we're going to start um, infusing like donuts or making the glaze like you would on a glazed donut using the jams for that. So we're really going to expand the product and we're looking at doing popsicles like on the rock pops. Um, because in the summertime, especially down here in Georgia, it gets so hot. I really don't want to eat jam when it's so hot outside. I'd rather have a popsicle. So if you don't want to have a cocktail, but you want your drink to last a little longer, why not have a popsicle? So I tried some at my um, cookout last year. So that's usually where I, I try because I have people that are very brutally honest about my cooking and or whatever I serve. So they're like, wow, these are really good. So if I get the okay there, then I think I'll be okay going to the public. Well, and I love what you're doing. I love that you have your core product, which and it all started at the jams, but then the creativity and the thought process of saying, hey, okay, I can put this into donuts. I can put this inside cupcakes, which I got to imagine is delicious. And and, yeah. just, and just having another avenue for it. And then the popsicles, I think, is just genius because, you know, they're, you're exactly right, hot, and it's the southeast, and, and it gets so hot and humid. People want that type of, of thing, the popsicles, but there's right. not a lot of flavors out there. Or they are, they're traditional. So this adds a whole new twist, I feel like, it to the traditional popsicle, and I... And I love it. It's not just like a fruit smoothie popsicle or a traditional popsicle. It's actually right. something jam that has the flavors in a way to help promote your brand and help promote the jellies and or the excuse me the jams that you already have. And it's just amazing. And I really love what you're doing with that. So, um, thank tell, you. Tell me about how you go out in farmers markets and what is that experience like and how you choose what mar- farmers markets you go to. The farmer's markets, um, we just kind of tested. Sometimes what we didn't do, I will say at first, which was a mistake, was that I went through, I went online, I just Googled festivals in Atlanta or festivals in Georgia. And I just went down, I looked at the dates. So I try to see around major holidays. Um, and I look at the area. Have we ever been there before? Now, what I didn't do first, which I probably should have done, was to go to some of these markets beforehand instead of just saying I want to participate and then you find out whether it was a win or it was a bust. So thankfully, the farmers markets have been our best bet because it doesn't cost much to participate. You get all kinds of people there shopping. And the great thing is that you meet local farmers. So when I'm there, I always stock up or I see, you know, different farmers who come in with their fruit. And then it's a way for us to kind of work together and keep it local. So we buy all their fruit there and then come back and make a a load of jams. And then we just continue because it's only, you know, some of the fruit, obviously, they have their peak seasons when they're the most ripe. So I think for us, the farmer's market's having better than general events. So I'll just look at um, online, really, and then from word of mouth, like if we go to one farmer's market or if we're at an event, really is how it started. Um, Like there's an Atlanta brunch festival that happened. We didn't participate this past March, but we did last year. And so someone will come up and taste it. So, you know what? This would be good at, for instance, someone said Alpharetta Farmer's Market. I'm like, oh, really? And so from there, I said, you know, I write it down and then we went out and we do very well out there. And then from there, someone will say, hey, you should try over here. Have you ever been to the Sandy Springs Farmer's Market or the Pot City Farmer's Market? So that's how we find out, you know, which one we should try based on people who have been to those markets. So I really will say that our customers and the people who come and just stop by to taste it always offer, you know, encouraging words or different suggestions on places to go or what to do. So that's pretty much how we figured out the best markets to hit. And I love that. And and so you talked about the cupcakes and donuts. Is that something you'll you'll bring to farmers markets to help uh, do another avenue for your product? Yes. Um, we, we try to look at those, like, 
for instance, this season, I think Farmer's Market just started last week, so we're going to try a couple of different ones this year. We try to look at what's already there because we don't want to saturate the farmer's market if you already have three people making cupcakes. Um, so we are good. We pick and choose, and we haven't seen any donuts. So we'll take, like, many donuts uh, to the next farmer's market. Um, and the next one that we go to, if there's not a lot of cupcake makers, we'll bring cupcakes. Or we'll try to bring some type of food dish because a lot of people, although they like the jam, some people can only think of jam on a biscuit or a piece of toast. Uh, and we do get people who say, you know, this is great, but I don't know what to do with it. So I try to, I haven't done my best at making demos, but I started working on recipes here at the house and testing it out on my family to see, you know, is it a win? Do they like it? Do they not like it? Do I even like it? That way, when we go, like for one, I tell my husband, we're going to make like little sliders. Um, we can even cut the sliders up. But just so people can taste, like, this is what it tastes like on a burger. You know, we'll have sliders and then let people pick which one they want to try it on so that they see we're not making this up. It really is good. Yeah, and jams are great on burgers. I, that's one of the things that I love that you talked about is that they're so, like, it really adds to the flavor of something without having to add condiments uh, in the traditional sense. Right. And it's just so amazing. Right. So I love that you're doing that. And so we're, we've Thank talked you. about the farmer's markets and stuff like that, but what are the things that you love about your your business the most, and what are the things you hate doing the most in your business? Uh, the thing I love the most is creativity because there's no limit. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can be as creative as you want, and I get that my inspiration from the craziest place, like I like to go to museums. So I'll go to museums and I'll look at the colors in a portrait. And those colors will, I'm like, oh, that color looks pretty. I think that would be pretty as a jam. So I'll go and try and find some fruits that same color. There was one I wanted to make. It was called, a, oh, it's a Greek island or a, um, I can't remember the name. I, don't, I think it's Greek. It's called Saint-Tropez. And I wanted to make a really pretty jam that had like a turquoise aqua color. Cause I'm like, man, this would be good. Nobody would believe it's a jam. The colors didn't come out right. I can't make turquoise for some reason. The colors of the fruit just it, it didn't match. So when I when it came out, it came out a weird kind of green color that didn't look very appealing. But <laughs> I, I can be creative. So I go to art museums or if there's a favorite movie that I like or if it's a song that I hear. Um, or if we're out and about and, you know, we're riding in a car and I'm just looking around at colors, the colors are what inspire me because if most people have bought our jams, our bags are black and white and, you know, most of our marketing uh, uh, black and white because I want you to see the color of the jam. So I try to find colors that are vibrant that would make you, you know, that are kind of eye-popping that would make you want to to taste it. Um, so it's fun because you get to be creative what I don't like about it or the thing I hate the most is trying to find buyers. Oh my gosh. I hate it because it's like, I mean, you've got to imagine as a buyer, they probably get tons of people contacting them about a product. Right. But the thing that I don't like is that they don't respond back. We've gotten buyers to say, yeah, this is great. I'm interested. And they don't call you back. They don't say, no, I'm not interested anymore. They don't. And it, it hasn't happened the first time, and it's pretty standard. Or you get someone and you send them a sample, and all I know they're busy. It's like, if I send you something, not to say thank you, I got it, or is it too much to ask? Or I don't know. That bothers me, but I don't like rude people. So it just it bothers me to the core because I, I understand it's a business, so you can't take things personally. But it's like trying to reach out to people who, you know, you've got to understand they probably get a plethora of people calling them to try to get their stuff into market or to try and, um, you know, taste their products and see. But I, I don't like when you reach out and you already have dialogue. I can see if you've never had dialogue. That I can kind of, I can kind of understand. But if we had dialogue and then you just don't call back 
or respond at all. And then I start to feel like a stalker on a Lifetime movie. So I just stopped communication. You know, I'm like, okay, no, you got to be persistent. But at a point, you just got to know when to say, you know what? Okay, we're not going to go that route. But then it's just, I don't understand why show interest. If you're really not interested or if you're busy, just give me a time frame. Or at least just be courteous enough to say, you know, hey, not right now. Or, you know, I'll get back to you at a later time. Or just check back with me in a month or so. Something like that. But that is what I hate the most. (sighs) Yeah, I uh, I think that's probably a frustrating thing for everyone I know. I've been through down that road and in some ventures and things like that. And the this where you have these great communications, everything's moving forward. You're like, okay, left great. They're going to call back, and we're going to have communication. And then you don't hear anything. And you're right. You want to keep following up because yeah. you're like, okay, what's going on? Why? And then still nothing. And um, God, I can't remember what the kids call it. Um, I have two stepdaughters, uh, 21 and 19, and there's a term ghosted, like when you're talking to ghosted, a boy, yeah, uh, you, or yeah, or, uh, or a boy, and you're like talking to them, and all of a sudden they just stop communicating with you, and so you get ghosted, and that's like literally what I feel yeah. like you're talking about here. Like you have these great business conversations, and then all of a sudden the person just disappears, and it's yes. uh, it's uh, it's exactly that, and so. You know, yes. it's an unfortunate thing that happens. Um, right. And it's because it is a lot of time. And so building hope, I feel like, and not delivering on it's something I definitely don't like about the food business. I'm, I'm guessing it probably happens in a lot of different businesses. But in food and beverage, you know, it happens right. a lot because everyone's trying to fight to get in the grocery stores. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that just instead of telling us no, so we can go back to the lab and improve our products and grow, right. they sort of string us along. Okay, if it's no, why is, okay, I'd rather have a no and you tell me right. why it's no so we can go back and work on it versus right. just not <laughs> saying anything. Like that's not doing anyone or anyone any favors and it's certainly not helping anyone so exactly um, exactly. i I always find that i'm like well just tell me no and tell me why and then let me go back so i can improve my brand and let's be good humans for one another and so uh, i think that's so important and so um when you we talked about the colors and 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 i'm gonna and i i talked about the things you like and dislike but i want to go back because it just crossed my mind is once you choose the colors i mean you chose the green one so i was thinking that okay maybe it's not the greek islands maybe it's like ireland and it's uh you know something for saint patty's day but how do you then choose the alcohol to go with the color is it okay i want this color i come up with a name and i need an alcohol to sort of match that theme because the alcohol is like the third part of the equation in my opinion you have the name you have the fruit um but then you also now have the alcohol that needs to mix well in it. Actually, no. I actually I picked the fruit, and then I actually I usually try them as a drink first. So I'll find a drink and I'll make the drink. And if I like it, some things taste better with a rum versus a vodka. And so I'll I'll, I'll taste it that way. And I'm like, you know what? This this tastes pretty good. So then after I look at the color of it, that kind of makes me determine, like, okay, what's the name? Like, is it a particular um, part of town? Um, is it, like, uh, is there something, like, for instance, there's going to be one we were thinking of calling it Nikki's Beach. Um, actually, because my friend gave me the idea. It's one of her favorite jams. And I'm like, Nikki's Beach, that's a real beach in Miami, and it's a popular drink. I've heard got all the stuff that's in it. Um, it's like St. Germain and like a mango nectar and one other thing that's in there. And it was really good. So, and actually she's the same person who invited me to brunch. So her middle name is Nicole. And so I was like, oh, this could be cute. It's your namesake and your drink. And Nikki's Beach, it's a party drink in Miami. Who, I mean, you think party. So I try to think of names that if I tell you a name, what will come to your mind? Like, or if I say Sancho Pay, what color emits? Like, what is the first thing you think of? And so that's how we kind of pick it. Like, for instance, if I say my cherry more, the first thing you think is cherries. So, yeah, cherries are in there. And so it has a pretty vibrant color to it um, that's a dark color that will, you know, kind of give you that sense. So basically, if the drink tastes pretty good, then we'll move forward with trying it as a jam and then based on the color 
we'll pick a name. And usually, like I said, we're trying to do more fun names because I don't know. I just, I think they're better than just having like a boring, like orange marmalade. Like that just sounds so boring to me. So I want something exciting. Like, oh, I've got to try that because it sounds so cute. Yeah, and I, I, I will always love Stevie Wonder as well. Um, I actually flew on a plane with him from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. when he was coming to do uh, sing for uh, one of the Obama uh, inaugurations. Oh. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And he is just an absolutely incredible human being. I just want everyone to know that. I Side note, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but uh, it was a Virgin no. America flight, and he was just one of the most courteous kind human beings to everyone that was around him and people that would come up to him and want photos and things like that just made so much time for people and made sure that he had enough time to make time for people because he knew he was flying, Aww. you know, with the rest of us, you know, our, us non-singing uh-huh. people. And, um, <laughs> and, and it's, uh, it's, it was really cool and it was just a really cool experience. So, you know, I love the name of that jam and oh. I think it's such an incredible idea to merge it together, but also, you know, Stevie wonder is just such a huge musician and did oh, so much for music. Yeah. I love it. So I love him too. I remember seeing him in Chicago and kind of to play on what you said, when I went to see him in Chicago, it rained. So they canceled his concert because it was outside. I think it was at Grant Park. I was so mad because I was living at home in Kansas City, Missouri, and I'm like, I flew all the way to D.C. one to Chicago, and they canceled it because of the rain. So, so, but he couldn't perform, so they changed it to the next night. It was still supposed to rain, and so everyone was out there with their ponchos on, and it rained a little bit, but it wasn't a downpour like the night before. And when I tell you that was the best concert ever, like. I even saw Jesse Jackson. He was like in the third row, like dancing. And it was the most fun because everyone, all ages, races, whatever, no one was sitting in their seats because nope. everyone knew every single song. So it was just a bunch of people in the park dancing in ponchos. It was the best. I mean, and he's just a fabulous musician. I just, the, and the way he plays yeah. the piano and just sings and, uh, man, it's like, it, I can feel it in my heart as we're just in my soul and like in my stomach yeah. as we're just talking about it right now. So, you know, and, <laughs> and I, you know, I, while I grew up later and I, but I, Motown music, even, you know, the sixties and seventies and, and into the eighties were just such, so impactful to me, you know, and, you know, all right. of that and, you know, Jackson five and, and all of that. And obviously Michael Jackson came out of that and you have like the four tops and groups like that, that just, just changed the way right. music was done. And obviously all under Barry Gordy, but so I love that you dedicated a jam long story short. I could go on forever about Motown. It would be a whole different episode <laughs> having nothing to do with food, but what he did was amazing. So a uh, Diana Ross and you know, the Supreme. So it's, um, yeah, I could go on. So, Big fan from a business standpoint, like as a lover of business and entrepreneurs and just what Barry Gordy did during that time and, and bringing a group up and, and creating a business and and giving all these people a chance right. to, to live their dreams and sing, I just thought was so incredible um, and really doing right. it because he cared and wanted to help people. You know, it wasn't only about the money. Right. And I just think that that's amazing. So. Side note, as we're talking about entrepreneurs, <laughs> so what, I mean, so let's talk about, I mean, so you've got the farmer's markets, you're building this brand. Um, I love the name and you, you obviously you, we talked a little about, you have kids and, and, and a husband. So how yeah. do you manage your time now? Like you're trying to boom this business. So how do you manage your time between your family and then being an entrepreneur? It's very hard. Um, it's very difficult because you, I will say business was not my first choice. I didn't grow up and say, oh, I want to be a business owner. So it kind of fell into my lap with the creation of the jams. And so I am a person, or I used to be rather, if I try something and it doesn't work, oh, forget it. Okay. I tried it. It didn't work. Move on to the next thing. And it's, this business has pulled me out of my comfort zone because I, I can't quit because I've gotten so far into it that there's times where I have to step away and take a break because I get discouraged. 
nourished because it's not moving or I'll have my peaks. You know, you'll have your high season where you're doing well and then you'll have your low season where I can't think about jams. I don't want to think about jams. So I have to take a break because I'm not feeling creative or, you know, maybe a place that I want to go to is not really, we're not really getting in where we want to get into, like to try different restaurants. And sometimes we feel like, we just need a shot. Like if people would taste it, they'd really find that it'd be good. And I think it would be great, you know, at restaurants when they have these brunches. And it's like, I don't understand why they don't get, they should jump on this, you know, because they could be the start of something new and people could talk about the jam. And it's like, okay, you know, there's, there's more than you just trying to get into this restaurant or this particular location. So I, when I get frustrated, I, I take a break and my children now are, eight and six. So I have a limited amount of time and it, it comes to a lot of nights where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll jot down my, down my ideas or I'll look at something. It's very, very difficult because they're very active. And, you know, I don't want to be one of those moms where I'm so consumed with trying to make jams and I involve them. So a lot of times I'm like, Hey guys, let's make up a name for a jam. And so They'll throw out some names. They thought of Tutti Frutti, but I think that's probably trademarked. They thought of Space Jam. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's trademarked too, but it's fun. They go along with us to the farmer's markets to sell jams, and they actually had a lemonade stand, and they're like, you know, we can take your jams out there. So I see that, you know, they actually want to emulate uh, and imitate their mom and dad by starting a business and selling and not being afraid of going out there. So that gives my husband and myself motivation to keep going. But I will say it is difficult. It'd be easier if I didn't have children because then I could dedicate more time. Um, because when I'm here and they're here, I get distracted with mommy, I need a snack. Mommy, can I go outside? Mommy, can you take us to the park? Mommy, you never want to play. I'm like, oh my gosh. He just got home like 15 minutes ago. Can you sit down? <laughs> so it's like you have to pick your time. So I'm like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll take from this time to this time to work on, let's say, social media. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, I'll take these hours and I'll go and do regular grassroots efforts. So actually this summer, I thought a cool way, we're going to actually try really, really grassroots efforts. That way I feel like if I do something where everyone's involved, it doesn't feel like such a daunting task of splitting my time. So to kill two birds with one stone this summer, we're going to go to, for instance, Piedmont Park. So, you know, they have like the little scooters that you can buy or the bicycles. So I got them some new On the Rocks t-shirts because they've outgrown their huh. Owens. And we'll give out samples of jams. And so they'll get to ride the little scooters and go pass out jams with their mom and on. I also have like an old school bike that my dad gave me for my graduation from college. It's like a 1955 yellow Schwinn bike. And I love it. So I'm like, ah, this is perfect. I'll put it in our SUV. We'll go down to the park. I'll take your bike and we'll go. You can take your skates if you want. So while you're skating, you just pass out a jam and just see if people like it. So that way it feels like you get to go to the park. So after you pass out jams, then we'll stay and you can play in the park for about an hour before we head home. So just trying to get out there because I think for me as a business owner, especially a small business owner, it's about a relationship. If people can put a face with the product or, and, and a lot of times you buy things on how people make you feel or a product makes you feel, if it makes you think about something or, you know, your interaction with the story behind it. Like I feel like a lot of people, you know, men can relate to you, but especially moms can relate to you. You just want to go have some girl time and damn it, you just would like a cocktail without anyone asking you for a snack. What mom can't relate to that? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. So it's like you feel like, yes, he understands my pain. And it's one of those things where and because it's not a necessity, like you don't need peanut butter and jelly, but also the hot pepper jam is delicious on peanut butter and jelly, I might add. So it's, it's, it's not a necessity. So it's because it's like a niche market and a specialty item, you, it's a little bit more difficult to find people to not just buy it once, but to buy it consistently. You know, so that's what I also think is important of showing them different ways to use it because you could buy it once and be like, oh, that was great. And then you may not want to buy it again because you're like, you know, I already had that. 
But if I tell you the different ways you can use it and infuse it in your food, you may be more inclined to buy it again. Or if I, you know, have show you different flavors and come up with cute little names. Oh, might I add also, I got the idea for cute names. OPI and Essie have um, nail polishes and all of their nail polishes have the cutest names. And so when I buy the nail polish, it's not because of the color. Yeah, the color is cute, but the name, the name like, oh, this is beautiful. I, I like that name. And so I'll just, I'll just go and buy that polish. And it has not, and a lot of times also I will tell you, I don't buy just one. I buy a few. And it's not because of the color. Yeah, the color is cute, but the name is what draws me. So that is one inspiration where I, I've gotten, you know, that I want to have cute names because I buy nail polishes because they have adorable names. So I know I probably went on a tangent because you asked me about family time, but see, it's like once you get going, you just kind of got to get it all out there because I'm used to kids where if you want to say something, you better get it all out there. You in about 2.2 seconds. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. And, uh, and, and definitely, and I look forward and, you know, something I want to do just because we talked about it, well, one is, is I'd love to have you back on the show at the end of summer to talk about your farmer's sure. market experience over the summer. Um, and, you know, as we wrap it up, sure. I want to put that out there and do a part two because I, I love your energy and I love what you're doing with the cupcakes and donuts and how you bring everything together. So I'd love to just do uh, an episode after you know, the farmer's market season's over and just talk about farmer's markets and as part of your story, because one of the sure. things we're going to continue to do on this podcast is continue to tell your guys' stories, not just tell it once. The second part I love oh, is okay. that you're involving your kids and giving them the education of being an entrepreneur, and it's something you can't get in school. And we talk a lot about it on this right. podcast because... You know, it's mm -hmm. such a gift in, in showing kids how to go out there and earn their own money and, and do it while living their own dreams and, and the creativity right. and the drive that goes behind it. And then the family unit because of it. You know, I think it's so amazing right, because you're yeah. doing it all together. And so that's so cool. And so I really oh, love thank that. You. I love it. And I think it's awesome. And I love the biking thing where they can take their, you know, a wagon or whatever and just go and, and market the products. I think you're really on to something there. And I love that they get to be a part of that. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, I definitely will. We'll definitely chat again. This is fun. Yep. And so my last question for you, Kathy, as we start to wrap things up yeah. is if you could go back to the beginning when you started the business and tell yourself some things you know now that you wish you knew then, what would they be? Number one, plan for more capital. <laughs> I don't think you can ever know how much it will cost to invest in the business. Um, as I said in the beginning, I didn't know. Like, I mean, I was in the kitchen making a jam. So I didn't know about, like, um, you know, the wholesale price uh, and how much it would cost. And then if you want to go to a market, you have to include, like, promo money and all of these things that I just didn't know about. So I think having a budget or setting aside, you know, you, you're always going to need money and something could always happen that could cost more. But try to, when you make your business plan, or just try to run some figures to have some money set aside for you to operate your business. That way you can see if it's going to be viable or not. Um, so that would be one. Um, but I know capital, usually for small businesses, is always kind of a struggle because you don't come out just making money. Um, another thing I would tell myself is to definitely embrace failure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's so many times we have gone to something, a meeting even, and it was the worst meeting. I was so ready to go when we sat down, but I stuck it out and I learned so much from it. But, you know, when I've listened to successful people um, or followed on IG or even actors that I admire, such as Will Smith um, and Denzel Washington, they always say, like, embrace it. You're going to fail. So it's going to happen. And the more you fail give yourself a pat on the back because the more likely you will succeed. Um, so don't be afraid to fail. It's going to happen and it's going to happen continuously. So embrace it and enjoy the ride. You know, um, don't give up. There's times that I honestly wanted to quit the jam business. I'm like, you know what? It's not for me. It's too much of a headache. I quit. <laughs> um, it was a good run, maybe a hobby, but 
I think for a lot of people, I mean, that's what success is. If you continue long enough, if it were easy, everybody would be successful. So if you believe in your product, which I do, it's like, I know the product is good. If it wasn't good, I would try so hard to keep getting it out there. So I definitely would save a little bit more capital. I would embrace failure and I would just keep going. Like no matter what, just keep moving, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Even if it's only like half an inch, just keep going. Eventually you will get to where you want to go and you'll be surprised because it's so easy to quit. Like once you quit, you'll never know what would have happened if you would have kept going. You don't know how close you would have been to the finish line if you would have only kept going. So those three things are my top things. And I love that. And I, I, interested to hear more and I look forward to talking to you again because I think you have so much and I love your energy but one of the things I love that you said is that be willing to fail because we talk about that a lot on this podcast too and I gotta say like Mm -hmm. failing the feeling of failing is not as bad as giving up and wondering if you should have done something and and you know that's what I live by and I've done it once and wondered if I should have done something or, or done it better. And that feeling is way worse than any failure that I've ever had. So it's more like, okay, right. and, and it was a good lesson and I need to learn it. But I'm always like, what if I had just done it? And so it's just one of those right. things, whether you're an athlete or an entrepreneur or whatever, you you know take the chances while you have them because they always won't be there. And so I think that's incredible. Exactly. So, Kathy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. And anyone in the audience who loves what we're doing and loves Kathy's story, please share the episode and pass it on. And obviously, buy On the Rocks Gourmet Jams and go visit her at one of the farmer's (laughs) markets and, and find her online because what she's doing is unique. And I love how she ties, you know, how you tie the story together with the name, the alcohol and the fruit. So I think that's amazing. And, uh, everyone have a great day. Again, I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm the host and you can reach out to me at Justin and the food entrepreneurs on Instagram and Facebook or Justin at the food If you want to email me and you're interested in being on the podcast. So thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day.